Jen Dorsey. Hi. In your best Will Smith impression, can you give us a good welcome to Earth? Uh, welcome to Earth. <laughs> You're listening to ID4 Minutes at a Time, the only podcast dedicated to analyzing, scrutinizing, and celebrating the 1996 Roland Emmerich masterpiece, Independence Day, four minutes at a time. I am, of course, one of your gallant co-hosts, Kenny Madison, and along with me are my intrepid pioneering co-host as well lulu nagel tyler bryce and joining us today is doctor philanthropist artist and dare i say may i say if i could add oh do it just add it a true raconteur in every sense of the word dr jennifer dorsey doctor of pop culture is in our exquisite studios welcome to the show Thank you. Thank you. And I know what a raconteur is because I listened to a few episodes. Oh, and I'll I take love it. it. I'll take <laughs> it. That's a great word. You know, that's a fantastic story, story that you've just shared with us, which truly means that you're a raconteur. Well done. Way to model it. I thought it had more to do with pirates, but I'll take storytellers. Oh, here comes Pirate <laughs> Stan. Pirate Stan, tell us a tale. No, I'm not much of a raconteur. <laughs> I'm more of a racketeer. Uh, speaking of pirate Stan, we stand these next four minutes of Independence Day, especially minutes 60 through 64, officially starting on our second hour of wow. Independence Day. Now, wow. Kenny, before we jump in to watching the film, I, I think it's worth reminding people, you and I, of course, old hat with the movie. We've seen it several times each. We, we, we know the movie inside and out. Lulu, of course, can't remember the movie at all. Uh, she saw it one time and then forgot about it. Um, Jen Dorsey, what is your history with this film? Independence Tyler. Day. Tyler. Dr. Jen Dorsey. Oh, sorry. Uh, Dr. Sorry. Harvard educated Dr. Jen Dorsey. Could you tell us uh, what is your experience with this movie? Well, so the summer, it came out the summer after I graduated from high school and I saw it four times in the theater with four different groups of people. And I waited in line in the morning, the day it came out to get tickets in Corpus Christi, Texas. And there were three other people in line with me. And I kept saying, man, I hope the cable guy doesn't sell out. That was my joke. (laughs) (laughs) That That was my amazing joke. And I saw those four times in the theater. And I was like, this is gonna be amazing in the theater. And I have not seen it since. That's a uh, Jim Carrey oh. and I uh, and Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. That's right. Yeah. Is... Is, I couldn't watch it. I can't watch things where horrible, awkward things are happening to people. I prefer murder to being super <laughs> embarrassed. Like I've never actually made it through Meet the Parents, but like I love murder. Like that's mm. that's my that's my line. So kill the parents. <laughs> yes. Meet the parents. No. no, that's about right. Yeah. Make meat out of the parents. Yes. I mean, that's a gray area. <laughs> that's a gray area. <laughs> I love it. So that's my history with the film. I love it. She was a true fan and then she dropped it. If it came on the channels back when channel flipping was a thing, would you would you watch it when you saw it on or Yeah, but I wouldn't watch the whole thing. I'd watch like parts I thought was funny came on or when that alien jumps out at you, I, I would watch it. <gasps> what? Like cuz I was like this time it's not going to get me. 
but like I remember it really well. I was listening to your conversation about dolphins, mm-hmm. like and why she had dolphin earrings, and mm-hmm. and I was like, he proposed with the dolphin ring. I remember that. Yes. yes, I remember that. I almost put it on your Facebook page, but I wasn't sure if you'd gotten there yet. So, oh yes, yes he did. I respect and then no spoilers, a- even on movies that are twenty years old. Thank you. And there was a dolphin screensaver on Jeff Goldblum's computer at one point also. Oh, that makes it a movie-wide theme. Mm. Or he's been cheating with her (gasps) on Will Smith. It's going to be really difficult considering they're on completely opposite coasts. I mean, it's Jeff Goldblum, though. Right? Yes. Well, and it's how he understood how line of sight works with the satellites as he's been coordinating his affair across the country with the satellites, bouncing his signals of love across the nation. Let's not get too into the technology. (laughs) Love triangulation. Speaking of broadcasting our signals of love, uh, (laughs) one of the things that we love to do is talk about Lula's predictions of what is coming to happen in these four minutes. And not many predictions this week. Our first prediction, they continue to fire on the base and destroy people, killing that general and the whole base. So several of his pilots, not pirates, decide to fly out to the desert where Randy Quaid is. And they land in this big deserted field where they need to restock and refuel. Maybe Randy can loan him some of his fuel. That was one (laughs) prediction. And finally, they make a call to Washington and tell the tell him what happened. I'm assuming that's in reference to the president. Perhaps yes. my notes have betrayed yeah. me. Is he still in Washington? Uh, the, no, he's kind of been in the air for a while. Is there still a Washington at this point in the movie? No. Okay. Here's what has been destroyed so far. Everything. number two number two not the dog the dog is alive the dog lives never the dog never the dog it's a different kind of movie if you get the dog yeah a john wick but if they'd made things uncomfortable with the dog the gen would have been out after the first watch of this movie kill the dog fine be uncomfortable with the dog now like if the dog's parents had been there and there's just been some really awkward situations. I know the last four minutes were just suspenseful, but it was all about firing on the ship, the ship firing back and releasing all of its little ship gnats, ship gnats, ah. and attacking our crews and realizing that they all individually have force fields as well as the mothership has a force field and we are losing bad. And then we saw Will Smith's best friend die, Harry mm. Connick Jr., you were kind of glad at because he reminded you of a one-on-one student in improv class. I still loved him. So you were kind of like, oh, no, not Will Smith's friend. No, that's no. He had some funny moments. I thought he was great, but it just kept going. He had one note, one note on that movie. Oh, okay. So can't we just see what happens? Who's going to live and who's going to die now? We lost a major character with Harry Connick. Felt major. Was he? Well, he felt like he was going to be. He did propose to Will Smith. Yeah, that's true. Goose. Yeah. He was was the goose. He's not a goose. He's like the guy who he's famous. Do you think he'll live? He's like in there to he's fodder. He's cannon fodder. Yes. 
gotta kill somebody. <laughs> Not gonna kill the dog. No, he went from feature to fodder. So I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm excited because I have no idea where you are in the movie. Well, Jan Dorsey, we're at minutes 60 through 64. I said it at the beginning, weren't you? Do you not? Yeah, I got that part. Do you not have this memorized? I do not. You saw this four times in theaters. If I see the first frame, I can tell you what happens the next four minutes. Well, then we should show you what the first frame is, and then you can tell us what will happen for the rest of the four minutes. I hope I'm not lying. Then we're going to watch the four minutes, and we'll see you. And by see you, I mean we'll hear you. And by I hear you, look, we'll just uh, skip the sound cue. Here we go. All right, now we finally heard the welcome to Earth, the quintessential welcome to Earth, mofo. Yeah, he punched the exoskeleton because this is the first time that we've actually seen the alien. I didn't really, I mean, we did see Randy Quaid, but Will Smith did not land in his field. He ejected out of his plane and right before the alien ship shot him and then the alien ship, it, it hit something, right? It became disabled and he crashed as well. So apparently force fields don't work against cliffs. If you hit a cliff, it damages the ship, even though you have a force field that can uh, withstand anything but ground. That seems like an awful thing to do with a flying machine. The ship just kind of glides in for a stop. I imagine that the alien on the inside was probably jostled Star Trek style and then was like, oh, maybe it was a narcoleptic alien that just happened to fall asleep. At that moment during the battle. Brian, for the last time, <laughs> you can't go invade Earth with this. No, I'm going to be fine this time. I, uh. <laughs> Don't eat a big meal before. I, why are you eating that hamburger? That's just going to make it harder. I just need protein. Also, I'm going to finish off this quick pasta before I go in. Oh, Enjoy this turkey mm. sandwich. <laughs> Sorry, that's my impression of his alien uh, cohort, who is the equivalent of the best friend that we just watched from Will Smith die talking to him. This is the, this is the alien Will Smith's best friend. That's right. Oh, your best sandwich. friend alien. Right. This is Harry Connick Jr. alien. That's it. Yes. That's the one I was making reference to. Harry Connick Zornax. Harry, Harry Connick Zornax. And his ship just pops open like a Pepsi can. <laughs> like, no problem. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my gas tank. You push in the door and then it pops out. So he just gave it a little push and it like came pop, pop. open. Mm-hmm. 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 I love the, the. I do. Oh, go ahead. The fact that Will Smith was able to just kind of punch the alien unconscious again. You know. Yeah. That's, that's where we are at this movie, considering he's got a tough bone exterior. Which is also my nickname back in college. Tephone exterior, Kenny Madison. Yeah. They call me Tephone exterior. And I would say, professor, my name is Kenny. As someone that was in school with Kenny Madison, I can, that happened. Yeah. You can verify the validity of this accusation. Yep. <sighs> well, this is like four minutes of comic relief, pretty much. Woohoo. Like I'm a trickster. I'm going to crash the alien ship and then punch him in the face. And it's so refreshing that someone just punched an alien in the face. That thing looks just like an alien from Aliens, which you can't just punch in the face. 
And so that was, that's a nice moment where like, oh, maybe we could win. This is all it takes. Yeah, their ships are great, but they're not tough. Good old American punch in the face. The whole Will Smith bravado about, come and get me. What are you doing? You Come on, baby. That's right. You can't hit nothing. It's just like the dialogue and the fact that he ejects and lives, doesn't fall into the cavern. He actually makes it to the top he, of the, I don't know what you call that, the mesa. He makes it to the top of the mesa. And he feels low and everything's going wrong. And yet he survives. And then he can go open up the alien ship with one little tap of the thing, punch him in the face. Real quick for, for just the listener, Lulu, can you describe what happened? Just in case the listener is not watching four minutes at a time with us. Uh, okay. So the, as you know, the, uh, the alien ships have been in pursuit of the American ships. Why do we have our thumbs up? Is that number one? Yeah. Yay. All right. Yeah. They're encouraging me with their thumbs up. And Will Smith is being pursued by the small. Uh, Lulu, what? Count with us, please. Oh, that's two. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Will Smith is being pursued by one of the alien ships, and he he is in great peril. Will Smith, his fuel is low. He's flying through caverns. One of the one of the landforms that sticks up like a tower. Cracks and falls down, and he almost hits it, but he doesn't. Then he has to turn his ship sideways and fly through a small crevice. Star Wars style. This is very Star Wars reminiscent, this whole fight scene. And then he um, decides he's going to let his ship crash, and he ejects out. But then the alien ship gets crashy. I don't, I don't remember how. And he lands crash style, and Will Smith gets up out of his parachute, screaming with bravado, all those things I said already. And he goes over to the alien ship and he taps on the door and the door opens and he sees the alien's face and the tentacles. And he says, welcome to Earth, mofo. And they punch. Oh, no, he punched him first. Punches him and he says, welcome to Earth, mofo. I think he says mofo. I can't remember exactly if he does. He does not. Uh, Welcome to Earth, you enemy guy. And um, then we see we finally flash over to Randy Quaid and everyone's running. They're leaving. The RV park, which isn't really a park. It's more of like a gathering place. Um, the sun is still sick, and they say you should leave too. We do get to see that Air Force One is still in progress, in flight, I mean. And poor Jeff Goldblum is airsick, and his dad makes it worse, and he has to leave to puke. And the dad says, you know, he only ever thinks of you to his ex-wife. That's all 15 plot points. <laughs> Oh, wait, the dog is still alive. And what's her name? Is that Vivica A. Fox? Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine and her son find a truck. And gosh darn it, the keys happen to be in the visor, just like in every single movie. She finds the keys, starts the truck up, and is so happy that she has some wheels to drive. Yeah, I guess everyone just keeps their keys in their visor, according to Hollywood. That's where they go. And if... The keys had not been there. They would have created some part of her backstory that we would have heard before now about why she knows how to hotwire a car. Her special stripping superpower was that she did some act with a key. (gasps) So she's always got a spare skeleton key just uh, lodged up in there. PG-13. Well, uh, she would be like Dilly and look away. And then she'd be like, (laughs) finagle it out. 
along with a ping pong ball. So Will Smith in this literally says something along the lines of who's the man? I'm the man. Right. He he totally is establishing himself as the male lead in this film. Uh, How do we feel about that over the top bravado uh, compared to seeing a caring father taking care of his son and uh, other son and daughter? Uh, and as seeing a father taunting his son to throw up and then having, of course, Jeff Goldblum uh, experiencing motion sickness. How do we feel mm-hmm. about male imagery in this and how men are portrayed? <laughs> I know there is traditionally a hero, but I feel like this. I don't want to spoil things for Lulu. Headphones, Lulu. But I feel like this movie is a group effort. I'm not going to say much. It, this movie is a group effort. Like the ending is a group effort. Um, sure. And Will Smith does not show up for like half an hour. Yes. Which I think is an interesting choice and is a strong choice. But also I think Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman and Randy Quaid, of course, all men. They are. Uh, are, are sort of like sharing the lead. Lula put him back in. Oh. I thought she was just gesturing, but you were saying, put my earphones in. But also, I'd like to note that he smokes a cigar, like pulls out a big old cigar, Mm. a literal cigar, and smokes it. Yes. I'm like, all right. We've seen that cigar before. They they showed it um, beforehand, and we're like, we'll light this when we're successful. So I guess this is a mini success. He doesn't light it, but he puts it in his mouth as if ready. If he had a light on at that point, it would be ridiculous. Well, the cigar itself is kind of ridiculous, but it's a plot point where he had a small success and he pulls out that cigar. Yeah, there's a part of me that wonders, I pay the electric bill. And then is that, does he light up like, oh, I successfully made an HEB trip. Oh, this drive through person at the Jack of the Box accidentally gave me $2 off my order. Snip. Lights it. <laughs> as a recipe for lung cancer. <laughs> kind of celebration. I made it through dry January. What do we think about the depi- the other depi- depictions of masculinity? We did see a range of people in that four minutes. Well, I don't know if y'all are like me, but it's very arousing. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Jeff Goldblum in the Jeff Con scale. Boy, he is really struggling on the Jeff Con scale in this one. He's He's green. He's sweating. He can't ride in a plane. Like, his... His her- heroic efforts are all mental gymnastics. Yeah, it's not been a great showing for Mr. Goldblum for the past several weeks. God, no, he's just, I can't, I know he's going to come back in a, in a blaze of glory, I'm hoping, but. Can I um, say, I was so excited by the Jeff Con scale, and then this is, this is my four minutes. I know. I was in love with that man since I was 11 years old, and. <sighs> But I guess they're showing, I, I guess you can see it two ways, right? Like um, we're seeing different kinds of masculinity and he can save the world and also not be able to fly in a plane and like right. be nerdy. Like, or we could just be establishing him as a super nerd. But even like Randy Quaid in his scene, he asks his kids what they think. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary. <laughs> like, I guess we should go then. Like. Uh, like his kids clearly are better at being adults than him. So it's nice that he's not just like, all right, we're leaving. He's a concerned patriarch. He's not, he's not bothering with a steel rod. He's, uh, he's 
fathering by by getting the consent of the fathered, right? He's mm-hmm. he's I he may be crazy, but he's not nuts. And they're giving us these grounding <laughs> moments as opposed to watching Will Smith literally punch an alien. Uh, to speak to Tyler's earlier point about the consent of the father. That's my favorite 1980s Oscar bait movie. Uh, I think William, <laughs> I think William Hurt does a great job in that movie. Oh, William Hurt was amazing. In it. Yeah. Susan Sarandon blew it out of the park. <laughs> I would say, though, that those kids are fathering themselves. Like, yeah. their dad is a functional, yeah. almost functional alcoholic. That is a clear case of the kids or the parents. But still, that father might be, like, authoritarian. Do you know what I mean? So at least he's like recognizing that there is like a partnership because he's not all he's not usually the one in charge. Can I can I go back a second, though? Like, why did we run out of gas? Like, no, this plane been flying for like 10 seconds. Like, was it just very, very intense? minute of flying i'm gonna put it on maximum fuel was someone like supposed to fill up the planes before the big alien number and was like and get to that Oops. one Ran out of time. well because they they switched the pr- pumps to self-serve and will smith was like we gotta go we gotta go and harry connick jr was like i think you need to top it off classic mistake the last station that they passed only had diesel jet fuel and they (laughs) yeah will smith was sure that they were going to come upon another gas station on transit to to the ship but they were but he was like oh i should have stopped there it's an electric plane they didn't have time for a full charge that's right we did see like lots of different parent-child relationships we saw jasmine uh trying to get her truck uh up and running uh, we saw, again, uh, we saw a, a father trying to goad his son into throwing up. Um, we saw uh, Randy Quaid uh, taking care of his kids and accepting input. Uh, I'm just going to say there's a lot of parenting that happens in this. Uh, and right after there's trauma, there's this part where it's like, hey, we check in with these characters and see how they're doing. So I, I'm, I'm going to say that, that the film does a really good job of kind of fleshing out those those moments where we care about these as people um, and even giving us a little bit of comedy right after, you know, the worst possible thing has happened. So Jen, you, you talked about falling in love with Jeff Goldblum when, when you were 11. Can, can I ask what movie that was? What was the first place that you decided Jeff Goldblum was, was, you know, an object of desire? That movie was vibes starring Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper which came out in 88, I checked. And they are both psychic. And they and Peter Falk have to go and find an Incan treasure. And I loved Cindy Lauper, and I also loved that movie. He held sway. <laughs> he replaced uh, Pierce Brosnan as my number one. Remington Steele himself? Remington Steele. A couple of years ago, I worked on a photo shoot with Pierce Brosnan. And he is the most beautiful man I have ever seen in person. Just him. We, we did this thing where we were uh, taking photos of him for a TV show called The Sun, which is apparently no longer on. Um, but so we, we went out to this place in Dripping Springs and, and we photographed him uh, for promo stuff. And I, during that photo shoot, um, 
I was in charge of crafty and he went over to look at the crafty while it was there. And I walked up and I'm like, uh, if you need anything, just let me know. And I, I can make sure. And he's like, well, just look and see what you have. Anyway, he was very nice about it. And so then I later we did this part where he had to walk towards the camera in this field. And so there was this board that we needed to hold over him to shade him while he was walking. And so me and this other guy, this other guy and I were holding this board over him while he was walking through a field and I was walking backward and the other guy was walking with him. Um, and we had to do like four or five takes through this field and it was really rocky and, you know, it was dripping springs. It was like you would expect for things to be there. And on like the third or fourth take, he ends up turning to us and say, hey, oh, you boys a paint, which I thought was really, really cute. And uh, and it's funny because the next day I worked with the same other guy that had worked with him that previous day. And I and I ended up saying to him, so uh, did you get a pint? He was like, no, I no." And I said, yeah, me neither. And I said, I know he's staying at the Four Seasons. Here we go. You start on the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, we we didn't actually as of yet, we have not actually gotten a Jeff Con rating just, hey, I'm upset that that he didn't appear more like someone enviable in this position. Uh, where is he on your Jeff Con scale in this particular movie? As you know, uh, five is not Jeff Goldblum at all. One is, hey, there he is in Vibed. So where, where, does he, where does he appear to you here? Vibes. Like, I'm getting good vibes. Ah. I really don't know that he can go to a five. Like, that just feels low. I mean, in this scene, though, I mean, in the movie overall, I think he looks pretty good. But I would give him a four, probably, in this scene. Because even though he's throwing up, he's still Jeff Goldblum. And he looks better than a mere mortal throwing up. And he's only acting like he's sick. He's actually well and hot. So, good acting. He looks terrible. Let's see. And where was Judd on the JuddCon scale for you? Judd Hirsch? I legit don't think that man moves from a three like his whole life from taxi yeah, on. Yeah, even whenever he was a he's teenager. Just a solid middle, like hasn't looked any better or worse in like 50 years. Mm. That kid is cute, though. That like the kid with Vivica A. Fox is like that kid is like at DEF CON 1 all the time in cuteness. Like that is a cute, cute kid. Also to double back on the Goldblum sickness uh because when i was listening to the audio commentary for research for this apparently goldblum went method for this day and just kind of tried to maintain being close to sick as much as possible throughout the day so i guess he was just walking around almost being nauseous which is very attractive i thought you were telling me i had a goldblum sickness and i was like how dare you judge me i mean the person that we know that has a goldblum sickness is really lulu right lulu oh my gosh yes Wow. wow. Controversial. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else about this four minutes, folks? What else about Independence Day in general? I feel like this movie, I mean, we we're talking about how this was um, Will Smith, like this really broke him through to being a star. But I feel like this did a lot for Jeff Goldblum, too. Yeah. what Goldblum, uh, the year after this, does The Lost World, where he is the lead in that. What does Goldblum do? That's terrible. Uh, yeah, but we're contextualizing. So Jurassic Park has already happened. Maybe I'll take everything back. Oh, boy. Yeah, it really is downhill for Goldblum after this. Uh, his next big movie after The Lost World is that great Eddie Murphy film, Holy Man. 
Oh, no. Where apparently Jeff Goldblum is credited as Jeff Goldberg. Probably because he didn't want to admit he was in that movie. So, like, basically, you're just proving me wrong. No. Over and over again. I don't. First off, I never want to prove you wrong because you're just so outrageously insightful. Lost World is very bad. It's just like a Godzilla movie. It's. I mean, there there are worse movies out there. There are certainly better Spielberg movies. They had the dinosaurs. They're like, let's just do it. And then I like that this alien is naked. Like, aren't the other aliens wearing like a bunch of armor or something? Or their ships just. Stopped? Well, that, that's that's the armor that Will Smith punches. That doesn't seem correct. It, it, that seems no, like no. you would just break your hand. Only if it's an effective exoskeleton. Who says that these intergalactic travelers would learn to make protective coverings of themselves um, if they're going to go ahead and build an exoskeleton? Why have it be armored? I mean, they're just flying around in a spaceship. That's right. Right. So he does punch the exoskeleton, but like they work so like their their ships are like, okay, you can like nuke us and it's not going to do anything. But then this exoskeleton, like an Irish bar fight's going to take him out. Like, like a little headbutting and some jostling and they're out for the count. Yeah. If he had just shaken him really hard, would he've had the same result? Just never shake an alien. Yeah. What? Never shake an alien. Wow. <laughs> no, I okay. mean, that's, I mean, it's nice. I feel like sometimes I don't believe a movie because the, bad guy doesn't have any weakness. Um, I kind of feel that way about Battlestar Galactica, but like, we don't have to get into that. Yes, we there's do. There's no way the humans would win. Come on. Oh yeah, no, of course you're absolutely Come on. The right. Cylons would a hundred percent win. Is that old or new? But I like a bad guy that could like, Oh, I just punched it. Like there's some nice old school. Oh, and then this parachute trick that, that took him down. Because the person or the entity that had the, force field around it to keep it from being shot down by missiles filled with explosives can of course crash into a little bit of dirt and it's over and then be punched. And then to be fair, to be fair, this is a movie. What? (laughs) To be fair. Have you guys read the independence day book that came out? No, I don't read books that are based on the movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's gotta be an independence novelization. There has to be an Independence Day book. There's definitely a resurgence novelization that you can buy it for $4.69 at Thrift Book. Indeed. When I was in high school, my friend little Tommy Pacey was uh, very much into Rambo, First Blood Part 2, and he bought the novelization. And there's a part where it's talking about, uh, it, it's covering the part in the, in, the, in the movie where Rambo is getting ready to go kick ass because they've killed his girl and he's going to go free the the soldiers. And uh, it's where he ties on the, the bit of her dress uh, as the red headband that that's so iconic from that movie. Um, and in the novelization, uh, after it covers him tying it on, it says one sentence at the end of that chapter, which is Rambo was. <laughs> and. <laughs> And Can I say I we're I spoiling a lot of movies that aren't this one? I'm um, saying if you haven't seen Rambo or read the novelization at this point, you probably weren't intending to. You know, I actually accidentally saw part of Rambo, the first one, um, where it's just like a, a dirty town cop or whatever. First Blood. 
that's some good fighting. I was like, this is a very excellent fight scene. And then, then I turned it off. That was all. Can I ask uh, which episodes you listen to? Yeah, I listened to the recommended episodes. So I listened to Britain's uh, Pogo Stick episode and then the sound episode. Sure. And then I was like, I, mean, I have information about dolphins. And I was like, stop. Four minutes at a time. I'm sure they know the dolphin stuff by now. Just that she loves it. And it shows how caring he is. And it's not his kid. That's, that's fathering they show earlier is Will Smith with the little boy. Like, and how caring he is with him, even though it's not his son. In this movie, most of our main characters, um, we see familial relationships from start to finish. You know, we watch that, like, we're introduced to the president and that he's a father uh, and a very caring father and, and husband at that. We see Will Smith as uh, as a um, makeshift father and husband in a relationship that he's pursuing uh, we see, uh, even when we see Jeff Goldblum, uh, who is not currently married, we watch his relationship with his father all the way through through the film. In other words, uh, and we watch Randy Quaid, of course, with his with his three kids. So um, they vest all of the characters with people that are around them that we're going to care about so that there are stakes involved with every step along the way so that we care about this movie and we care about what's happening in this movie i mean i feel like there could be more for the women to do no but at least it passes the bechdel test in probably two weeks yeah eventually <laughs> in like two weeks it'll pass the bechdel test <laughs> actually i i we actually watched uh tiffany and i uh, and oh yeah and, uh, at, we watched tiffany another and, exotic dancer Yes, but she's a named character. Uh, we watch them have a conversation about the plot and not about Will Smith. Um, uh, Vivica Foss's character, whose name I said earlier. Yeah. Jasmine. And now Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine uh, has a conversation with Tiffany about not going down to uh, the, the building. Yes. So technically we've already passed it, but we do see more main characters later on. But, but there are two named female characters that have uh, that have a conversation that is not about their their the relationship of the main character. Yeah. But they're like three women with jobs who have relationships with other people. It's nice. And that means that this movie is and I think Jen Dorsey is the one that is saying it loudly and proudly. This movie's a feminist masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> it's it's about a giant phallus coming down from the sky and destroying everything. Is it phallic? It's it's a giant beam. They're like discs. They are, are they like discs? giant boobs, really. Yeah, there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was going for, Tyler. It's like 12 boobs pointed at the world. <laughs> the destruction of the boobies. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, Lulu, uh, what do you think is going to happen in the next four minutes of Independence Day? So Will Smith is with the alien at the ship, right? And he's punched it. So we need him to, does he have a radio on him? He's going to radio military headquarters, if it's still existing, and call for backup. And someone will come in and re recon the body. I don't know how to say that. Recover the body of the alien and the ship and take it back to a science place. 
and then they're going to phone the president and Will, not Will, yeah, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum and the president, they're all going to go to this science place and take a look at the alien together and examine him. Quaid is going to exit the makeshift RV park with his family. I don't know where they're going to go. Where can they go? Where is there to go? Everything's been destroyed. And where will Vivica A. Fox take that big red truck? Can it go over all the big chunks of cement that have been blown up? Let's hope so. Let's say she's going to go. She's got to go back to somewhere she knows. She's going to try to go to Will Smith's military base because she knows the way there. Or her Aunt Millie's house. Either one. That's what I got you. Excellent. Those are great. Thank you. Uh, so on that note, Chad Dorsey, where, where can people find you online if you would like for folks to find you anywhere? Um, I think I'm not doing anything right now. I'll send people to Escondolo Improv. There's a Facebook page. I do sound for them. And uh, they're not having shows right now, but it's amazing to check out in the future. Cool. Uh, Tyler, are you doing shows? And if I have other projects, I'll tell you and you can put it at the end of other episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely a standing invite. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm currently doing comedy sports shows uh, 730 on Saturday nights. Go to comedy dot com. How about you, Kenny? Uh, you could go listen to me on one of my other podcasts. Uh, my newest one is Lasso Cast, where we're doing an episode by episode breakdown. Uh, the first season of Ted Lasso, along with some other good and juicy bits. Uh, go listen to that at lassocast.com. And you can find me also at Shame Watch, where we talk about guilty pleasure movies. Uh, Jen Dorsey, we should have you on Shame Watch to talk about, we we'll probably talk about vibes. That is an excellent film. Uh, and of course, Lulu, you cannot be found anywhere online. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere online can't find me so don't even try don't even try listeners please go rate review and subscribe to id four minutes at a time we love doing this podcast we'd love to hear any feedback that you have for us you can also follow us on all social media accounts twitter facebook instagram i guess we don't have a tiktok tyler get up get that tiktok started up we can do some independence day tiktok challenges uh, Jen Dorsey, thank you so much for coming onto the show and gracing us with your doctoral knowledge. Uh, I don't think I used any of my doctoral knowledge, but thank you very much. You want to get one in under the wire? No. <laughs> uh, and that is a great note to end on. Thank you so much for listening, folks. And until next time, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Sing.